Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women at all levels in engineering and technology. And one way we do that is through professional development events and online workshops. Visit www.exec.swe.org to learn more about our empowering and engaging three-day event for engineering leaders and executives taking place this June. Or attend one of our three virtual Reignite Your Light workshops designed to help women engineers at every level find happiness, balance, and direction in their careers. To learn more, visit advancedlearning.swe.org. Now let's get to today's diverse episode. Hi, I'm Heather Doty, FY21 President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by WE Local Europe keynote speaker, Smitha Therur. Smitha is a motivational keynote speaker and thought leader on unconscious bias and how it influences each and every one of us. She's the co-founder of Culturelytics, a company that uses artificial intelligence to understand culture in an organization, and the founder of Thoreau Associates, a training, coaching, and organizational development company. Smitha is a TEDx speaker, broadcaster, trainer, mentor, mindfulness practitioner, and as of today, a sweet diverse podcast guest. Thanks for joining us today, Smitha. Thank you so much, Heather. It's a delight to be here. Smitha, to begin, we'd love to hear just a bit about your background. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? And where do you currently live? Sure. Well, I was born in what I know as Bombay in India and is now known as Mumbai. And when I was six, we moved to Calcutta or Kolkata in Bengal. And I grew up in Calcutta. And I now live in London in the United Kingdom. Fantastic. What did you envision as your future career when you were younger? And, and how did your career path evolve as you grew up? Well, it's so funny, really, because when we moved from Bombay to Calcutta, I was six years old and I, my parents, my mother, should I say, I have to give her full credit, happened to hear a children's radio program and in Calcutta when we had just arrived. And she contacted them and said, oh, my children will be really good for your radio show. And anyway, cut, long story cut short, I was invited. And I have a very early memory of being five or six years old and being in this radio show, I don't even remember what I said or did. And I always thought, oh, wouldn't it be lovely if I could be doing something in broadcasting? Well, how did my career path evolve? The funny thing is, I now host a podcast on unconscious bias. So it's come full circle. And as you already know, I, 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 uh, I do a lot of speaking. I, you know, I stand up and speak to organizations. I'm a keynote speaker, XYZ. TEDx and so on. So I suppose it's an angle of broadcasting, maybe. I don't know. But I didn't know that that as it would come this well, full circle so many years later. Well, that's fantastic. You know, I listed quite a few professional titles to your name when I read your intro. What would you say is your, quote, main role? You know, I. it's funny because often people ask me that question. Uh, if I were to to I wouldn't use a title to answer your question. What I would say is, to me, the idea of culture and behavioral change is what makes me tick. What that is, what does that look like? It could be talking about artificial intelligence and looking at the culture of an organization. It could be doing a podcast, as I mentioned to you. It could be working in thorough associates and going into organizations, advising on cultural behavioral change. But the borderline 
Well, the, not the borderline. That's the wrong word. The, the, the underlining uh, um, idea of uh, emotions of how I work is very much about a human being's culture and behavioral change, which then impacts on the organization. Well, that sounds pretty rewarding. It is very much. I absolutely love what I do. Yeah, I'm very lucky. Well, and your career has taken you to many different parts of the world. And how do you think your global experiences have shaped you both professionally and personally? It's interesting because I often think about why I'm doing my podcast, for example. And I mentioned to you that I was born in Bombay, brought up in Calcutta. And then I went to university in Rajasthan and my parents moved to Delhi. And my parents, my family, come from the state of Kerala. And I don't know how well you know India, but essentially my ethnicity is from the south of Kerala. I was born in the west of, uh, south of India. I was born in the west of India. I grew up in the east of India and I went to university in the northwest of India. Now, India is a bit like Europe in terms of language, culture, food, and so on. It's, it's um, completely different languages. So it's like being born in Spain and then growing up in Sweden where the language is completely different. So even before I left India, I had what you are calling a global experience of different cultures and cuisines and ideas. Then I arrived in London, and as you rightly said, I have had the good opportunity of traveling east and west of London, as far east as Penang and Australia, and to the west, of course, um, as far west as California. And so what I find is that it doesn't matter where I go, and I suspect it's because of my experiences growing up in India, it doesn't matter which place I go to. To me, there is a fundamental humanity of human beings, and that keeps coming up, both professionally and personally. And it's only the superficial differences of culture or cuisine or language that make somebody different. And so to me, I find the more I travel, the more I realize that we are one large global world and community. And if nothing else, sadly, the pandemic has taught us that. Absolutely. I think it's kind of inspiring to think about how there's more that unites us than divides us. I feel like it's a, a trite way to say what you just shared. Well, absolutely. And I, and I feel very strongly about that. I think there's far more that unites us than divides us. Absolutely. Well, speaking of all this travel, do you have any fun, surprising, or enlightening travel experiences that really stick out in your mind? It's funny because I was first thinking fun. When you say fun, I can think of who would have realized that the pandemic would hit in March 2020. But in January 1st, 2020, there was uh, 22 of us, immediate family, my mother and all her descendants and spouses and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And we all brought in the year... 2020 in Cancun, which was incredible and fun and wonderful, which was very special. And of course, also knowing that I don't know when we'll all be together as a very larger family again uh, because of the pandemic and the fact that we live in different continents. We live in the US, we live in India, we live in Europe. But enlightening, when you're using the word enlightening, I just want to share a story with you, which I found was was moving and enlightening for me rather than fun. And I don't mean to, to, to depress anyone, but in 2019, August, um, my husband and I were in Albania and we were in a very serious car accident, which ended up with us being in a hospital for two weeks. And neither of us were mobile, and that's putting it extremely mildly, and we're also in an awful lot of pain. 
But when we were in that hospital, we had round-the-clock care by predominantly by nurses and, of course, doctors visiting occasionally. And I remember thinking, you know, just to keep us entertained, we began to, to talk about them in different terms, like, you know, that one's happy, that one's smiley, that one's grumpy, and so on. Just, just so that my husband and I were sharing this room in the, in the hospital would find something to say about them. Now, there was one nurse, I remember, who was very grumpy. And I and my husband began to get quite upset because we were in so much pain and, in, in, you know, in every which way we were suffering. And we felt that if this is her job, why is she, why is she not being, you know, why is she not taking care of us? Surely that's her job. Yeah, if you know what I mean, you know, we were having these expectations of her. But I don't know where and how and why, but from somewhere, I began to think to myself, I wonder what's her story. I wonder why she is like this, even though she is doing what's called a caring profession. So despite my pain and my, um, you know, circumstances, I began talking to her and, and trying to get to know her. And because I was seeing her pretty much every day for two weeks, and I never left the room. She began opening up. And then she shared a story with me probably two days before we checked out at the hospital that she had given birth to a stillborn child. And now these are my words. She didn't say what I'm about to say, but I believe that that experience was so traumatic for her that she built this big wall around her. And I, what I had perceived as grumpy was actually far more just this wall about not showing emotions. And that's a travel experience. And I know that wasn't the, the answer you expected to hear when you asked me about a travel experience, because we all have amazing, wonderful, I've been to Egypt, I've been, you know, been in a felucca on the Nile under the moonlit sun, on, under the moonlit sky, I've been to Cancun. But the Albania trip taught me that all of us have stories, have narratives, have experiences, and we don't know what somebody else's story is, and we often jump to conclusions, our unconscious bias. And that taught me even more, even more strongly than I realized, that we are, we're made up of who we are, our stories, and we mustn't jump to conclusions about somebody else. Yeah, that's really powerful and a little bit of a painful way to learn it in with your accident, but definitely appreciate you sharing that with us. I mean, yeah. that, that leads right it into the next- yeah, It was very moving. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing, yeah. Well, and it's it, it leads right into the next question I was going to ask you, which is that you're you're super passionate about helping others understand and rectify unconscious bias, mm -hmm. um, and you know that was a powerful story that you just shared about why. But what initially drew you towards this this issue, this area? That's a good question. I mean, so if you you know, as I said, I, I grew up in in what you can call a mini Europe, you know, the the north, south, east, west of India with cultures and everything else. Well, when you're growing up, you just take your growing up for granted. We all do, you do, I do. All our listeners right now would say, oh yeah, obviously that's what my life was. But it's when I left India and then I arrived in London and I started talking to other people and, you know, people, for example, would look at me and, and would ask me questions like, where did you learn to speak English? And I'd say, oh, what was that about? And I never saw that in any way as what is now known as microaggressions or racism or divisive behavior or any of that. To me, it was very much about their story and their narrative. And the more I started reflecting on it, the more I realized 
gosh, I was lucky that I had all these wonderful privileged experiences. And I see it, and I say privileged because I my my growing up was also very liberal and accepting. And what little you may or may not know of India, then and today to a great degree, there are lots of unaccepting um, behavior within families, you know, where you've got patriarchy, where the firstborn son is considered more important than the daughter, as one example. And I am one of two sisters and I have an older brother. And at no point were us girls given any less importance. But I took that for granted. And then I discovered, but guess what? So many other people I know don't take that for granted. And so the more I began to think and reflect on my life, the more I appreciate that not everyone has that. And therefore, it began to be a passion. And now, sadly, I would say in the last um, year, May 2020, after George Floyd died, more and more people, certainly in the West, are questioning this idea of unconscious bias and in some ways not acknowledging that actually this is about being more inclusive rather than being more divisive. So I think it's really important for all of us to appreciate that unconscious bias is just about us, about you and me, and about our stories. And it's like about that lady in Albania, that nurse. And it's about my growing up in India. And, and you know, any one of us listening in right now will think about their story. And, and what are we going to do about that for ourselves? And if we can think about that for ourselves, we can then start changing things within organizations and so on. Sorry, I go on about this. You can see I'm passionate about it. <laughs> well, I love it because we're passionate about it too in SWE. I mean, it's been a big focus for us this year, just wanting to be as inclusive of an organization as we can. So I love it. You're not boring me at all. <laughs> yeah. No, because see, this is so much about us, Heather. You know, when we're saying we want to be more inclusive, do it for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, that's what I mean. Don't don't tick a box, but have open, honest conversations. Share right. ideas, show vulnerability. That's what this is all about, surely. Anyway, that's how I say it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I don't have all the answers about anything. So no, I would none of love, us do. I love to have the wisdom of others around us. And the more different experiences we pull together, the better we can have for solutions and conversations and everything. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're so excited to have you as a keynote for our We Local conference. And um, mm. your, your, your no, talk is going to. Your talk is going to focus a lot on change management. And so without without giving away all of the good stuff that you'll talk about it in your formal talk, can you give us a little sneak peek and overview of change management and why it's important for individuals and organizations to embrace? I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to be really simple. The sneak peek is, what are your unconscious biases? Why is it that you don't want to change? I mean, I'm being simple. I'm, I'm trying not to smile, but I mean, seriously, Ask yourselves, all of you who are listening in on this podcast, you know, if you haven't learned to change in the last year, last for 14 months since COVID sat on us, when you're never going to manage in terms of change management, very simply put. We've all had to embrace change with COVID. So let's think about how we did it and why we did it and what's our story and then take it one step further. Well, that is succinct and 
A great point. Absolutely. <laughs> I know. As, as you said, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I really, have to I go mean, to you know, We Local Europe to check it out. Absolutely. This is it. Come to We come come to We Local Europe and listen in. And I'm going to have open question and answers at the end. And I want all of you to ask lots of questions because that's how we all learn. So you know, I'm really excited about this. And change is a given. So come and listen and see what we can all do and how we can embrace change. Absolutely. Well, how do you think others in industry can create more in diverse, inclusive environments within their companies and teams? Well, you know, it's whether any industry, you know, you were talking about SWE and how SWE wants to be, you know, our, you know, it's kind of your mantra and it's part of your DNA. And that's what you've always been wanting to be more inclusive. And whether it's you or me or anyone else anywhere in the world, I really strongly feel it's about open, honest communication. And when I use the word open, honest, I mean open, honest. Genuinely showing your vulnerability, trying to put your ego aside, asking open questions, listening to what the individual is saying rather than what you want to hear. And that then takes on to another level. That's what this is about. And the more we do that, the more we will really acknowledge where the areas are that we need to address to have a more diverse, inclusive environment. Absolutely. Feedback is a gift. Exactly. Exactly right. Well, I am really looking forward to um, hearing more from you, but to wrap this up, what is one question or piece of advice, professional or personal, that you'd like our audience to consider? Hmm. When I'm when you're saying, would you like our audience to consider, I'm going to go back to, to my mantra about I'd like the audience to think about themselves and I'd like them to ask themselves, what is my story and how have I been influenced in my life story from zero to today in ways that I would, couldn't even fathom or acknowledge? And is there something I can do about it? It's a big question. It sounds very simple, but it's actually a very giant question. So maybe a tiny baby step in that direction before we meet at the end of, at the end of May for, for the keynote. That would be a good start because then you can have lots of questions to ask after my keynote. Absolutely. Smitha, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today. I can't wait for your keynote at We Local Europe. I'm very excited, Heather, really excited. I'm just frustrated that I'm sitting here in London because when we first had this conversation about being a keynote at Europe, this was actually last year. And I put the date in the diary for May 2020. And now it's May 2021 soon, and we can't meet face-to-face. But hey-ho, next year, I'm sure we'll all meet face-to-face somewhere, somewhere in the world. Uh, and I look forward to having this online on, in May. I share your disappointment about not being face-to-face in London because I was going to come and be there in person. and It was going to be my yeah. husband's first trip to Europe ever. Oh. Um, but we do what we can and safety is more important than, than that. And, and there's always the silver lining of with the virtual event, more people are actually able to join us from different places than would be able to travel no, you're, in you're person. You're absolutely so right. That there is, are silver that's a linings. huge plus. It's <laughs> a huge plus. Yeah, no, because I, uh, for the first time in my life, I did a keynote just a few weeks ago where I had Australia, Canada, the United States, and Europe and the United Kingdom all joining because the time for me was at 8.30 p.m. my time. And so there was somebody having breakfast in Australia and somebody waking up in Chicago. You know, it was in Canada. It was fabulous. Absolutely. And that is a plus. That is very much a plus to an online world. 
Yes. So we'll take what we can get. And again, appreciate you joining us today and looking forward to We Local Europe. And I know that today I got an email that the registration is open. So I know that that will be the case and people can register by the time they hear this. So it'll be fantastic. Exactly. Fantastic. Looking forward to seeing many of you listeners and think of lots of wonderful questions that we can talk about how to embrace change. Thank you so much, Heather. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you, Smitha. I'm Heather Doty for all of us at SWE. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. If you feel inspired to make a positive change in your career, make sure to register for SWE's professional development workshops by visiting www.exec.swe.org and www.advancedlearning.swe.org. Please don't forget to leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform and share this episode with your social network. Thanks for listening.